program is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views expressed are those of the panelists and not necessarily those of Sengents, Glamour Connection, Van Garrett Media, their respective management, contractors, or employees. This podcast produced by Van Garrett Media. Welcome to the Share Your Hotness podcast. Share your hotness. Now, here's your host, Lita Green. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Share Your Hotness with your host, Lita Green, and my guest today, Jacob Robbins. And he hello. was just. Uh, hello, how are you? I'm sorry, I got all excited to keep talking to you that I talked over you. No, you're totally fine. No, I, I'm, I'm happy to be here with you, Lita. It's, it's certainly a pleasure. And we met networking, I'm thinking like four or five years ago? I I think probably around four years ago, yeah. Okay. I mean, with COVID, it's hard to know how time happened. You know, it was like a yeah. time warp. <laughs> It, it definitely throws everything off with that. It's like that year almost disappeared from everybody, that 2020 year. Yeah, or it was like five years, depending on how you emotionally handle, you know, <laughs> handled things. Right. Um, you know, like yeah, and, you know, I'm an extrovert, and so everyone was like, Lita, how are you? Are you so sad you're not around people? And I'm like, oh, no, I'm okay. I've got my favorite people, you know, my, my kids. I knew oh, where yeah. they were at all times, so it was one of my faves. <laughs> absolutely you know and in the awesome. depth of it we'd let them have like you know when we were when we were taking it seriously we're like okay you can have one friend over you know because you know we have older people in our lives and all that kind of stuff anyway you asked a question <laughs> offline that i wanted to answer you said why do you call it rocks of hotness right so um i started doing a new thing with my podcast so i if you if you're a listener that's been with us for a while you know that um, we just, the whole entire point is we're just talking to people, learning their story and people are fascinating and awesome. And it's encouraging you to go out and talk to people. Um, but, you know, sometimes the conversation wasn't as focused and we, towards the end of the conversation, we ended up getting such juicy stuff that I'm like, oh, I wish we had more time. So that way we're kind of focusing my guests in on a principle or rock of hotness. And um, there's two kinds of hotness. There's the kind of hotness that burns everything in its path, leaving wanton destruction like a wildfire out of control, or the other like a campfire that actually draws others around it for the security protection. If you read Jack London and of course, s'mores and chocolate, you know, so that's the love, right? So we right. all are hot. We're all unique. We're all amazing. And if you gather around anyone, you know, our attractiveness level, and I'm talking about not like our looks, but how we come off to other people is if we are an egomaniac, you know, a narcissist, and it's all about us instead of being able to draw others close to us with our, our unique spark. Right. So we're all right. a campfire. And I think if we, or should strive to be a campfire. If we think back to the people we love most, it's, it's not the, it's the quiet, you know, um, you know, it's like shooting myself at my own foot, you know, right now saying that, cause I'm not quiet, but you know, it's, um, when I think of my greatest mentors, I think of the people that just loved me, you know, and they, 
they might've been outgoing, but a lot of times they were the one that did the dishes, you know, in life, yeah. right. You know, the, the figurative dishes need to be done. And so you yeah. chose the rock of hotness of confidence, which is one of my favorites. So I'm so excited to learn your spin on confidence and what you've learned and what story goes along with that. So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, I love that. I love what you're saying that the rocks of hotness, that's really an interesting thing, a good focus for me. Um, well, the confidence... campfire has the rocks around it, right? Right. Yeah. You know? Right. The campfire rocks of hotness. That's that's really cool to me to think about it because you're right that like it shouldn't be used as something to control or to burn, you know, a forest fire. Like that shouldn't be something that it's used for these these different pillars or these different rocks that you're right saying. And uh, I miss saying this, so I'm so sorry. I'm being such a jerk, but the um a campfire per molecule is hotter than a wildfire. Really? Yes. Wow. That's, I know I learned I, that. I, I put my whole brand around it. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Wow. So yeah, I, I love that. And, and like you said, this is your one of your favorite ones. And I can clearly tell why after I'm looking at your books and and uh, things like confidence is definitely something that very, very prominently stands out with uh, what you like to teach with your brand and everything. Um, for me, confidence is something that um, didn't come quickly in my life confidence kind of it came as um um like a lot of times you'll know something by knowing what it's not and mm. for me that's kind of how it was for me um i was born in in tallahassee florida and uh i i grew up in south georgia um until i was 13 i lived there and and for my story there it's just like i i I was not in the best area. It was really um, like one of those broken down kind of cities with not the best education system and um, the best kind of, I don't want to say people, but like, it's just people that don't really understand um, how to care and, and love and, and make you feel valuable. Sometimes I, like a lot of times as a little kid in elementary school and, and just growing up there, um, you'll run into that. And for me, that's what happened to me was I had the opposite of confidence. I didn't want to go talk to people. I didn't want to be around anyone because I was frankly, like really scared of, of what they would do. I had a lot of bullies. I had a lot of people that would, um, I would just say things like verbally, physically, just really mean people that I did everything in my power to avoid them. It's, it's kind of a funny story. I would actually, um, I would do like, and like, I would spend the whole first half of my day trying to figure out how to avoid them. I'd go out, I, I'd like gather quarters so that I could buy an ice cream and, and spend some time in the lunchroom a little longer so I don't have to go out to recess and things like that, where I just, I don't want to be around people because I, I didn't understand them. I didn't want to, I didn't know what they were going to do with that. Um, and, and that just continued throughout my experience in elementary school until um until my family just decided we're going to move to utah and and kind of just leave all this behind leave leave the the things that we've gone through and and kind of start over over here in utah so your, um, your family was feeling isolated as well or was it a job change 
it was it was isolation but there was um it was there was it, it's a bit of a long story it was just kind of um dangerous over there to so say the least you're, you're, you're saying people. you lived in a low economic area that there was a lot of crime yes yeah that, like our neighbors would get in a shootout sometimes like, when they, they would get drunk get in a shootout it, it, there's just things like that always happening so um, selling your house dad, was difficult <laughs> yeah it was incre incredibly hard my dad was an attorney over there too so he had to deal with the law and deal with a lot of those kind of people and so we had to just get away from that mm -hmm. that situation was he like threatened um, so or something because he didn't was he like yeah. the, the prosecutor or the defense attorney or something that kind or yeah yeah he was um he did some defense um defense attorney stuff and yeah there was there were threats there was it was just a bad situation all in all and it was sad because we grew up there like my family grew up in Tallahassee that's kind of our roots but um the time just came where we felt like we just need to get into a better place all of us all of my siblings weren't um having a good time at school just struggling with all the, the kids around there and mm -hmm. so we, yeah we had to get out of there and and going from that state that mentality that we had I, I still look back at some home videos and thinking like how could we think in a way that we could we could live through that and just take it and and um and and coming here to Utah kind of <clears throat> gave me this like like I was thinking like oh I, I don't want to be around people I'm scared I don't know it's all new now and uh it's just uncomfortable to be around people and that's kind of how I thought yeah well and, it's uh, funny because Utah when you go to the hood in Utah <laughs> it's gonna look like a fantasy land compared to some of the I I've lived in Washington oh, DC yes. and you know some oh. dead body in our backyard <laughs> you know yeah, yeah you know just off our backyard you know very different um very different uh than Utah even the hood here is is uh, not that bad you know it's yeah. you know there might be some weeds in someone's yard and a broken down car or something like that you know but <laughs> crime in Utah yeah. is pretty low you know it's a pretty high right. standard of living here and education is um I heard something really interesting about um education in Utah how we pay very little per child compared to other states like our spending per child is lower we mm -hmm. also have a whole lot more kids but the graduation right. rate is incredibly high and that you know speaks of the culture that prizes that and sees that and you know, I definitely benefited by that being a trucker's kid, um, having neighbors that all, even the stay-at-home moms had gone to college, you know? Absolutely. But yeah, it, uh, basically that was um, a lot of our, our story growing up, getting out of that. And like you said, just the culture over there was kind of, was kind of rough. Like, like you said, you found a dead body in, in your backyard. My, my grandparents had the exact same thing happen over there. Like, it's just a very common thing to have crazy stuff like that happen all the time and and the, what it does to your mentality it it destroys a lot of your confidence yeah um yeah growing up in that and what you think is but possible I, in life right what you yeah like i i thought that life was just this tiny little bubble and like th that i was going to grow up in that city that i was going to die there and that i wasn't going to accomplish anything with my life that's wow. kind of the 
Yeah. And I was like, like, I remember vague, like, I totally remember that as an elementary school kid thinking that. And that's, that's just something that I don't think any kids should have to think about is that they'd be stuck there. Well, and it's um, funny because they're always talking in, you know, political things of why um, certain kids perform, other kids don't perform. And it's, you know, where you live, it's not the color of your skin. It's, you know, what kind of examples are around you and what you think mm -hmm. is possible. We can only achieve what we can see, Absolutely. you know, what we shoot for, you know, we don't, we don't go into out into space going, hope we land on something, you know, they've got a very <laughs> clear trajectory of where they're going to land. And so if you right. don't have goals or you don't think that's possible, you know, that's going to affect your life, <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. And, and your vision, like it just, you have to find a way to open it up if you're going to get somewhere like we, like, you know, we had a, a vision to get on the moon and that was something that you can find a way to make it happen if you can see it. And that's what a lot of the coming to Utah was for me was, um, I, I realized there's a great big world out there. I realized that there's so much that, that people are doing here to achieve great things, to, to help everything, um, to make the world better. And that was just incredible to me. Um, I realized, I, I figured out that I had ADHD at one point and mm -hmm. that that was kind of something that made me want to avoid people. There's, there's a, like a specific syndrome in ADHD that makes it so that you already assume that somebody, um, just because of something that might've shown it, some kind of sign that they may have shown you, you already assume that they don't want to be your friend or don't want to be around you. And so you kind of cut it off before they, before it ever could potentially like before you could ever get rejected. Right. Um, right. And that's, that's what I, I saw myself tending to do a lot and in, um, in middle school and in high school here in Utah. But then, um, at, I got into high school and I decided, um, I, I had two choices. Like I had, um, I had a crush on this girl and I was going through all this stuff and, and, um, and I got rejected. I got rejected and I was like, oh no, I was, I was terrified of this ever happening and, and, uh, and it happened. And I had a choice there. I could either, um, I could either give up and, and, and go back to the way I was growing up in South Georgia and the way that I thought that way and, and put this bubble around myself. Or I could make the choice to um, to rise above it, and and it's it's in those situations when you, when you get rejected or when something happens to you that you realize that you have the power to rise above those things, and that's what that gave to me. And it, it seems really silly, some girl, some crush I had, but I had a crush on her almost ever since I had moved into Utah, and. And it was just so difficult for me at that time. I think life, it doesn't sound silly. So let's not minimize little Jacob here, you know, or teenage Jacob and what he went through. But I think a lot of us, you know, it is, um, like you said, the bubble that we grow up in. And it is those things that may not be earth shattering. That is how we mold so much of what we think. So, yeah, yeah I, I think that's pretty common experience that somebody you know somebody was mean to you or somebody rejected you and that hurt it's called the human experience and we've been having that experience for a long time you know um but that it gave me that chance and after that i just 
I decided I'm not going to be the person that sits alone by choice anymore. I'm going to choose to to be confident in myself. I'm not going to worry as much about what others think anymore because because my future doesn't depend on them. It depends on me and who I'm going to choose to be now. And and after making that decision and and saying it's no longer on them, it's on me who wow. I'm going to be. Yeah, I, I I think that is worth repeating that you made a decision <laughs> to not give your power up to those around you, but to start being what they, you know, people might even call personal responsibility. Am I putting words in your mouth? No, you know, you're right. Your attitude, Absolutely. your ideas. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, the interesting thing is um, two months later, actually a month later, I met that, that, that girl that just walked in. That cute lady <laughs> that popped in there. Yeah. She didn't yep. reject you because you're, you guys have been, you're, aren't you newlyweds? We, we've been married for the, in December, it'll be two years. Okay. So since I've met you, see, so you're newlyweds, there you go. Yeah. Oh, pretty new. But, um, but that was just me deciding I'm, I'm going to be myself. I'm not going to be anyone else. I'm not going to pretend and I'm, I'm going to take responsibility. Like you said, it, and that decision attracts people into your life that you want to be with that that make you want to grow and and that confidence for me was the very beginning of everything I did um like shortly after that I was I was chosen to be the captain of the cross-country team I was on at my junior and senior year mm -hmm. and um and and she and I dated all through that and um and I decided um, so my favorite class was getting shut down. It was radio broadcasting class that we had, they were putting on. So I said, well, I'm not going to have that. And I started my own club and I brought in a whole bunch of students. Everybody came in. We created a podcast just like this one. We did DJ radio. We did all kinds of stuff like this, all because I had the confidence to say, I'm going to do what I love to do. Mm -hmm. I'm going to, and it, it grew from just confidence. To like a stronger self-respect of who I'm going to be and and what I want to do with my life, and that helped me know myself and know my my dream, and that's where that vision really came together of who I'm going to be. Okay, so you pulled out a couple of principles that I'm like sitting there shaking my head, being like, "Yep, yep." Um, one, you made the decision that you were going to start making the life you wanted, and then you went and did things, you know, like the the um, cross country, you know, participating in activities, you're getting to know people, but you didn't want this, this radio thing to stop at your school. So you created a club, um, in your mind, was there the possibility of failure? Um, in my mind, I, so. Like the, when you decided to do this club and I'm, I'm kind of digging here, you know, <laughs> To, to get the story behind the story because I think I know where it goes yeah. but did you believe that you know if you were going to you were going to get people to join the club and everyone's just going to be like yes Jacob we're going to do it you know or did you like oh this could totally bomb oh I, I knew it could bomb <laughs> the, the like I was I was drawing people together and I you know I didn't you don't always know before you jump into stuff like this and with that, I, it was just me. I was talking to her when she was my girlfriend and I, I said, Hey, I, I'm going to start it. Are you with me? 
and and she I got her on board after that we put up signs we I did everything that in my power to bring as many people in the first day there was a ton of people the second day there was like three <laughs> and and from there you you uh you build on it and and you yeah. fail you will fail like for me I didn't like whether I failed or not had no bearing on whether or not I was going to do it I didn't care what I cared right. about is am I going to hang on to this and create something I love and from that people come to it when yeah. you decide to be you and that's, that's what it happened when I got my girlfriend that's what happened when I started that club was I decided to just be me and not worry about being a failure or not I don't I didn't care what others thought anymore about me I was going to be myself well I, I wanted to kind of dig that out of you because <laughs> I think so often the concept of confidence is that the person that of course they're confident because everything goes their way you know they're beautiful they're charming they're smart whatever it is of course they're confident because look at the life they have but people look at it like the chicken before the egg situation where really it was the willingness to extend yourself, right? It was the willingness right. to put yourself out there and the willingness to fail that came first, not everyone validating you. Because validation, right. outside validation, will never validate you into liking you. It was you made the decision. You know, um, that's why we have celebrities and famous people that don't seem to like themselves. You know, they, they have all the validation in the world. And I learned this the first time when I was helping um, as a makeup artist put um, makeup on a woman who had been multi-crowned beauty queen. Wow. And she was just ripping on herself. And I, when I first saw her, you know, frankly, I was intimidated. She had the perfect body. She was beautiful. She was statuesque, right? And I had just had um a miscarriage so my body wasn't in its prime you know my tummy was a little yeah and um i even when my body is in its prime it's not statuesque i'm more sturdy right so right. i'm like wait a minute it it was kind of like and i started putting together that you know the popular kids at school weren't always the ones that looked great in my school it was the kids that talked to lots of people, right? And I started realizing these principles of confidence were not given. They were something that was an internal effort, right? You know? And if we're waiting for people to say, oh, you're amazing, it'll fall flat and empty if we right. have not done the internal work of being willing to even if. Right, anyone I've gotten to know that I've seen as very confident once I really get to know them I see that that was a choice that they had to make like me I was afraid of being confident for since I was a little kid I, I'd been scared to death of confidence and, and of having to reach and reach out and 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 not care what others think but but for me I chose that it was a decision that I made that brought me all the success that I had and eventually it led to like winning state championship type broadcasts i was I, I won the state championship for live sports broadcast for um you know for 10 second short um introduction introductory podcast um videos and stuff it was you know it was an amazing experience and it all comes because 
you decide that like for me it was because I decided that that's I'm not gonna I'm not gonna worry about whether I fail or not and I failed I failed a lot I failed bad like I failed in times when I knew I was gonna succeed when mm -hmm. I was certain oh I'm gonna make it I like after that experience when I won a state championship with the broadcasting I went to another Skills USA type thing and for some reason I don't even know why but it everything seemed to fall apart and and all that hard work I'd done it, it felt like it was, and it was a failure. You will fail. I wasn't afraid of it, but I knew within myself that that is who I wanted to be. Someone who puts themselves out there and doesn't let my fear stop me from being who I am. Right. And you had said, you know, that you were afraid of confidence and I'd love to explore that. What, what did that look like for you? Be afraid of confidence. Yeah. That you were afraid of confidence. You said you were afraid of, it was it because on the outside you saw what you saw as confidence and that looked scary to you what was that it's it's a lot of what we're talking about it's a fear of failure a fear mm -hmm. of if if what if I put myself out there they know who I am and don't like me what right. if I yeah what if I talk to someone and they reject me and and when I had been really rejected I I, I told myself okay well that's the worst it can get that I'm going to build up. The worst has happened, you know, the worst and, is and in a teenage mind, you know, you were what, 15, 14 when this girl yeah, rejected you. Yeah. In a teenage mind, it was forever. You know, <laughs> um, one of the stories I like to tell to teenagers when they're like, you know, but because you don't know how the rest of your story is going to go the rest of your life. And so, you know, your brain is in this you know, how it is in this second is what is forever. And I think as adults, when something we haven't explored, we almost have a teenage mentality around it because we've been hurt. And so we back away, you know, where, but to work out, you know, it takes some pain. Dang it. Right. right? Like every, everything that's ever good in life, you're going to have to push past it. But um, I went to um, an event for work with my, with my makeup company and it was a very exclusive, you had to be at a certain level to even be there. And it was a princess party. And they were literally giving everybody five hours to get ready. And I'm a little bit more practical than that. So I decided to go dress, dressed as Moana, wearing the muumuu that my mother wore when she was pregnant with me with a pillow stuffed in it. So I was Moana after too many luau's. And it was oh, a wow. Disney world. So I, with the five hours everyone was getting ready, I was playing. So I threw on my muumuu and, you know, and that was it. Threw the pillow in, you know, easy, done, right? And it was a contest. So people were taking this really seriously. And a friend of mine was walking a few feet behind me and she heard these ladies. They were like, oh my crap. Like, I cannot believe her. Lita is oh, just, uh, just like all poopy on me, right? And then I get, we're waiting to get into the event and the CEO of the company, so the celebrity, right of the company she saw and just burst into laughter it was like lita you're the best that was so funny and then these same girls were like oh we just love lita 30 seconds had transpired between the two and i oh. like to share that story about confidence because i had decided to show up how i wanted to show up right which is the same thing that you were just saying you know right and it would I did not want to put five hours into getting ready when I was in Disney World. 
I don't want to spend five hours getting ready for anything. Let's just, you know, let's just be <laughs> straight up, you know, I'm not going to spend five <laughs> hours for any day. Like even when I had headshots, you know, and I showed up and because I kept my head up about it, I actually ended up winning an award for the funniest costume. They came up with a brand new award for me. <laughs> and so much of life is like that, that as long as you don't shy away from it, if you hear like laughter in an audience, you know, it sometimes, uh, you know, one person, two people fight and then it's funny. Mm -hmm. Right. But sometimes it just takes the, the one person to kind of make it happen. And in converse, it takes one person to stop it. You know, if somebody's being bullied. All it takes is one person to say, Hey, that's not cool. And then other people be like, yeah, that's not cool. And my kids did this consistently throughout their junior high and high school experiences of, Hey, don't don't, eh, that's dumb. Yeah. You know, you don't have to get up in the bully's face. You just have to be like, yeah, that's not cool. Because why is the bully bullying? Because hurt people hurt. Right. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. And it's like, a lot of it too is where does your confidence come from? For me, it's like, yeah, like when I found the right place to put my confidence, I could be confident and I put it in myself, not like. A lot of us want to put our confidence in whether or not we're successful in something. And, and it, it never, like when you fail, you lose everything if you do that. But if, right. You yeah. can't put in something <laughs> outside of you, right. which is why you can't right. lie your way to confidence because you, you know, you, you know, the effort you put in, you know, the consistency you put in, you know, the thought process behind it. And so win or lose, you're like, I did my best. You did it. You did it. Yes. And, and that's how I, and in Utah Valley, we have some of the most competitive cross country teams and runners in the whole country. And, and every time I like, I'll see them get interviewed on like during races and things. And they, they'll always say, I, I don't, I'm not worried about winning it. They're on, they're on national championship races. Uh, this one guy was going to, he's coming back for the second year in a row to, to win the national championship. And they said, are you going to win it? And he said, I'm not worried about that. I, I know that what I did, I know the work I've put in and I don't have any butterflies about it because I know that I, I myself have given my best and that's all I'm going to do. I'm going to lead my team to, to do our best. That's what we train for. I love that parallel because that's what I'm always teaching with confidence is it's not something you possess it's something you become right so yeah. you don't just one day i am a confident person i you know it's you know like happiness if you're pursuing confidence you're pursuing happiness it will elude you where if you just decide to show up in your life and watch mm -hmm. what you're thinking watch how you're behaving making sure you're putting effort into your life um, I also love how you talked about ADD and did you know that ADHD, that that is actually linked to low self-confidence? Yes. Yeah. I've actually looked at that. Yeah. And that kind of blew me away because I also have ADD and I know that it manifests differently a lot of times in boys and girls um, because, you know, uh, boys tend to be more hyperactive, but now they've said it's all the same thing. It's just girls tend to have more of the, the brain stuff that the boys are still having, but they get in trouble because they're moving around so much, 
you know, right. where I sat quietly in school and just was writing novels in the background. <laughs> you know, there was just right. a lot of other things happening. Um, and I was hard of hearing, you know, a little bit. So um, I couldn't hear a lot of what was going on. But um, it's interesting to me when I found that out because I was an adult. And when you parallel that to today, when we look at, um, okay, you were in a bad neighborhood, there were shoot offs happening, there's, you know, drugs, whatever, all these different things. And um, any kid raised in that circumstance that never got to see a different way of being would, you know, there's no argument you would say, yeah, they were, gonna, they're going to be impacted by that. And oh, yeah. we are glorifying being a victim of our circumstances where it used to be um, that we used to um, glorify and respect and admire people who'd overcome. But in the, the victim Olympics, I've heard it said that way. And I was kind of like, yeah, it's so damaging because whenever you focus on what you were not, you'll never be enough. Just be you, let it start there. Yeah, yeah and that's Absolutely. good enough. That's good. Just being who you are in this moment is enough. And I think we all have a pit in our stomach. Um, every human being has experienced and will experience feeling that and that angst that there, there's something missing. But to realize that everyone else who's showing up in the room had to put their pants on, had to get their shoes dressed to, had to brush their teeth, were all the same. And for me, it always goes back to that. I am equally loved and they are equally loved and beloved of God. So what they can do, I can do, but I got to figure out my way to do it. Absolutely. There's a quote by Oscar Wilde. It, it, it says, we're all in the gutter. Just some of us are looking at the stars. Mm. And I, I really like that quote. It's, it's where you're looking. It's, it's, are you going to, let yourself become empowered to do it or are you going to stay where you are it's just um it's it's all about who we choose to be with ourselves yeah what's what's the dialogue happening inside our head and um you know shameless plug my my first book you know how to embrace your hotness is you know 15 steps to increase self-confidence but i like to say this a lot that having add or you know, being, you know, I was molested and you grew up in this bad neighborhood and, you know, we all could make a list of all the things of why we can't be in our lives, but that is not an excuse. That is life giving you your homework. And I knew some kids in DC that their grandmother was 30 when they were born. So generationally being pregnant at 15 and they got religion in their life. And that's where I knew them because they went to my church and grandma had come to church and then brought her grandbabies. And they got to be when they were eight or nine years old, start being in a church community, which, you know, we're all equal to God. Right. And their whole entire perspective changed. And I remember when these girls on their 15th birthday. Oh, crying. Because they had been able to break a multi-generational behavior. And eventually these girls ended up actually getting full scholarships um, to Brigham Young University. And, you know, last I heard, you know, got married and lived happily ever after and all that kind of stuff. Right. But it was kind of pre-social media. 
but to see literally multi-generations of having children at 15, you know, and them getting to break that because their mind shifted of what was possible in their life, um, shows how valuable the, um, it is to focus on what you can do in your life and what you can become and love what you are now, because that protects you, you know, from dangerous behaviors. If you, if you like you, you're less likely to drive off a cliff. Absolutely. That's no doubt about that. (laughs) Right. But there's behaviors that are dangerous that people engage in because what's the point I worked with, um, interpreting um and i would interpret once in a while for you know people that were in gangs and it was very interesting to see just this today doesn't matter because tomorrow doesn't live it doesn't exist that's a mentality huh yeah and i'm i'm assuming from where you grew up you you knew people like that how have some of the kids have you kept track of anyone from the old neighborhood i have um uh... I've, I've, uh, kept track of a few of them. Um, I, I would go back and, um, I, I've done a few five K's with some of the kids I used to run against and, uh-huh. and that, and I've gotten to reconnect with them. Uh, some of them are still in that situation, just my age now. Um, uh, but some of them are, are in really good, you know, they, they've, they've found ways to change their own mentality too. And that's a good thing too. I feel like about the world getting smaller is that yeah. you get a chance to, to reach outside of yourself with, with social media and things. It's a lot easier for people to see there might be something else out there. Well, and that's and, why, you know, clubs and sports and these kinds of things are so important for youth. You know, doing the arts is because it gives kids the opportunity to fail and the world didn't blow up. It's okay. Right. Maybe I can try the next thing, right. You know, to, Right. to put effort into something and to feel the personal gratification that comes from that it can translate to other aspects of your life right absolutely and it's it's learning how to take those failures too and a, a, a common thing with with a lot of business uh people they'll say is that they didn't learn how to fail fast enough <laughs> the faster you fail yeah. the better the more you can grow and get out of it I feel like I absolutely feel like that's true, especially with a lot of the things that you go through in, in tougher areas. Uh, the more you fail, the more you realize that that the sun rose the next day. Right. And the more you can get out of it. Right. And I, I had someone say that to me not too long ago that, you know, um, of course, I'm a success because I haven't failed kind of thing. And and I was like, no, I just don't worry about it. There's a lot of things that I've done. that hadn't worked out. I mean, I've, I've, I could basically have 15 different careers going at different times in my life. You know, there's a lot of life is failure. And I think the expectation that our lives go to a certain beat or certain events is the great lie that undermines our self-confidence undermines our happiness because we have this expectation that everything's supposed to be easier. It's not. I think we we think that uh, I I served. So I served an LDS mission in the Philippines. So for those who are not familiar, LDS is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So in the Philippines, so you had to learn a very different language. Yes. And and with that, meet a very different people that 
that have gone through some real poverty. And, and that's just what you're saying there makes me think a lot about it, like what they've had to go through and, and how they are able to handle it. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. I was just talking to a friend of mine the other day who um, is Hispanic and she's second generation Hispanic. And she was talking to someone who is my friend, who's an Afghan um, refugee. And she's like, no, you're going to have to work. You're going to have to like, and explaining this whole kind of how you get to make your life something better is the American dream. And that that's why we get so many Hispanic people coming here because they learn how to do the work. And a lot of countries where what you were born into is what you have the opportunity to do. And you're not going to ever get anything more. And Afghanistan happens to be one of those kinds of countries that you're not going to get more than what you have. And, you know, so why is there so much anger and angst? Because maybe people don't want what they had. <laughs> yeah. I, we call it the American dream, but really I think it's the whole world's dream to, to be able to become something greater, to grow yourselves. But they, they left that's why the, they want to the come here. That's right. why they want to come to America and, you know, why I love working with refugees and immigrants and things like that and kind of helping them get a foothold here because uh, it it's a gratitude exercise and to be able to help mentor them and taking part in that possibility is something that's yeah. amazing and unique. And there's obviously it was not the only place in the world that has this, but it's one of not everywhere has it more places don't than do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like this, the world, everyone in the world just needs to realize that it is possible. It's not just a lie. It's not that, that you're stuck where you are and that you can never get out of that. And what, one of the big things that I was just wanting to get across in this interview, especially is with confidence, you can leave it behind. You can, you can grow and you can become something greater. I know that I'm, I'm already, on a level that I never would have been if I was, if I decided to believe that I couldn't become something more than I was. Yeah. But I, I do like how your story began because you were saying how you made that decision. And at, at a certain level, you decided that who you were in the moment was enough to value, to invest in yourself, to Absolutely. invest the effort of becoming more. And you can't, um, you know, we, we don't chase our dollars after bad investments. And so you have to realize that the currency you hold is enough. Right. You know? And for me that, you know, that, like I said, it goes back to an awareness that person in, um, you know, Afghanistan that's growing up under the Taliban right now has the same God has the same love for them that they have for me. And so I need to keep shining and keep doing what I do you know, not, not because of like a podcast, but just being who we are as a person, because we never know who that might spark in someone else. Absolutely. And, and we never know where we can end up too. If we right? do that, if we just be ourselves, life yeah. will get better if you believe in yourself. Absolutely. So what are some of the, the exercises you did in the beginning? Was it the the app, you know, trying out for different things and going for different things you were interested and passionate about. What was the mental game for you? Give us, give us some little tips on that. The the big thing for me was uh, initially I, I sat alone every time at lunch. I always sat alone at lunch and everyone, people actually asked me to come sit with them all the time. 
probably oh. every other day. And but I I just didn't want to be rejected, so I didn't. I would stay where I was. So you rejected so, them. Yeah. So it was me rejecting them. <laughs> and I guess now that I think about it, it was me rejecting their, you know, them asking me to come sit with them. But um, that was the initial start was me telling myself, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to reject that. I have a people that want me around. I have a people that want me to be with them and and to to care for them like I care. Um, because I really, I knew that I cared so much for people. The thing is that I cared so much that I didn't want it to hurt me if they ever did reject me. And mm -hmm. I, and I, when I decided I'm not going to listen to those voices, that negative self-talk that they will reject me, who's to say they will? I have no proof of that. And, and I, I have a much better chance of making great friends whose lives I can change and, and be a part of. And, and yeah. so I, when I decided to tell myself that, I started day by day sitting with more people, talking to more people, reaching outside of myself and um, and getting to know the people. Like I, I had this, I gained this almost power after that where I could see the person that was left out. I could see the person that was alone and I brought them in because I knew, I knew what it felt like to be outside of it. And as I did that, those people that like all the, all the walls, in our in our groups and our friendships broke down because I wasn't going to have it because <laughs> well, I was going to that with um sometimes you know you have something by what it feels like to not have it and right. I would argue that there's probably not many people that are truly confident that don't know what the opposite feels like you know there there has to be a certain level of darkness we pass through um, as I put in my book, Love Me Too, you know, related to sexual abuse of the darkness you've been exposed to, you're entitled to learn how to live in the equality of light. That the, the worst that has happened to us, we, it, we, we owe it to ourselves to leave that pain behind. And, but the wisdom right. we get to take with us is what you're saying is that because of the darkness you went through, you had that. I love how you were like kind of humble, but proud to say like my power I had like a power. And I think that's a really cool way to describe that. Thanks. Yeah. It's, I, I, I believe that because there is a God, because he loves us, that the darkness that we do go through, like you're saying is juxtaposed to what we will have in light. Mm -hmm. There will be. Just if we go for it, you know, it doesn't just, um, force itself on you. You know, you right. have, to, you yeah. have, to, there's, there's effort. There's the, the law of the harvest you have to put in to do. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You have to, you have to be willing to accept it. I wasn't willing to accept it at one point. Mm -hmm. I, I was entitled to it and I wasn't willing to accept it, but I made that decision that, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to, and doing that, I got even more light than I feel like I ever deserved by being able to include others and have people love me more than I knew I could be loved at that wow. time. And it just grows from there and gets uh, greater. I love it. That's such a, a great <laughs> note to, though I'd love to talk more, but such a great note to end on is that whatever you thought as a young 15 year old boy um, from the wrong side of the tracks, you know, did you have the accent when you came here too? I did. <laughs> you know, so people <laughs> were like, where are you from? You know, um, right. now you've been completely utified in your accent, but, um, that 
you could have, you could have kept listing out everything, but you decided to go for that. And you got way more than your young self could have anticipated. And I would, I would second that as well, that I have such a sense of gratitude of where my life is and, you know, um, and I just think that makes, makes that confidence grow even more when you have gratitude, because that just gratitude is essential for happiness. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So any finishing thoughts you want to share with, with the audience that's just been like, I'm sure there are so many things you shared that are connecting with, with uh, those that are listening. They'll be like, yeah, wait a minute. I should be, I should be proud of myself that I did that. I, I guess a, just a final thought is that I want everybody who's listening to this to know that they are so much more than they think they are, that their confidence, it, it's, it's some, it's, it should be high. It's, it's not, there's a common stigma, especially in Utah, to think that it's tried to have confidence in yourself and it's not. It's who we're supposed to be. And confidence, actually the Latin roots of confidence is with faith is what it means to have faith in yourself. So I think that, um, I think that as, as we have faith that we are powerful, that we're amazing. Um, like, um, like the, a chapter in Luke, there's a verse that says the kingdom of God is within you. Mm -hmm. And, and I believe that everybody needs to know that, that you have so much potential and so much power. If you just open it up and, and let yourself receive that, you can be so incredible and you can change so many people's lives and you'll be the means of, of helping somebody become happier than they could have ever been. You have yeah. to take that first though. Yeah. Well, I love you brought up that with the, with faith of confidence, because that's part of why I chose that principles, because if we don't have faith in ourselves and the value of who we are, Again, we can only go for what we see. And so what we surround ourselves are, you know, defeatists and victims. And there's nothing wrong with being a victim. That is just a chapter, a chapter in your story of overcoming of your hero's tale. Yeah. And you have to have yeah. faith that the story has not been finished, written. You know. Absolutely. So I'm gonna give this one an amen. You know, or as they say in the South, Thanks. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Help you go back to your roots there, right? Amen. Right. I love it when you are in the South and you're saying something and it's even like in a, you know, business setting, people will literally shout out amen. And I'm like, I hear your sister, you know? So (laughs) (laughs) I lived in the South. It's the only accent I can do is a, is a convincing Southern accent, but I'm not going to do it on this one just in case you outdo me, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, and and time but thank you so much jacob for being on this episode and sharing your unique spark of hotness and confidence and um i know the listeners are going to get a lot of a little bit a lot out of it (laughs) (laughs) thank you for having me Lita. the share your hotness podcast is produced by van garrett media Lita green is the host and creator of the podcast Chris Van Garrett is the editor, producer, and music director. Shayla Dawn is our research coordinator. Join us next week for another episode of the Share Your Hotness podcast. Thanks for listening. This podcast produced by Van Garrett Media.